Hey, top of the morning to you. Or top of the day, I should say, depending on what time of day you're listening. It's morning when we are creating this podcast. It's Monday morning, January 25th, 2021. Not quite 8 a.m. my time, but uh, time really don't matter, does it? Not when it comes to a podcast. How you doing? We are still working on trying to get everything back to a resemblance of normal. I'm sure you are too. How's it working out for you? For for me, not very good. <laughs> for us, I should say. It just takes time, I guess. I know they got the uh, COVID vaccines going out. Just out of curiosity, did you get vaccinated? Uh, I haven't yet. And that's as far as I'll go with that. Had a uh, conference with my uh, doctor the other day. Well, actually, my doctor's nurse practitioner, not knocking him. He just, I, I, you know, you, you're, you're paying full price for the doctor, I'm assuming. And then you get the nurse practitioner, which pretty good. I mean, obviously, they report everything back to the uh, doctor and and go from there, but uh, holy smoke. I'm on uh, blood pressure medicine. I think probably <laughs> everyone is after 2020. And they upped my dosage. Not that my blood pressure was high, real high, but it was higher than they wanted it to be, put it that way. So... Over the weekend, was experimenting with that, and uh, it ain't going to happen. Just not going to happen. Uh, they, they increased my dosage, and I even asked about this in the appointment. The lower number of your uh, blood pressure was that systolic, I believe, systolic, systolic. Anyway, the uh, upper number of my BP went up, which was weird. But the load number just dropped. I mean, it got down in the 60s. And I could feel it. I mean, I was just like, oh, give me the bed. I'll take a nap. And when I wake up, we'll continue on from there. So that's the way it was Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, I had my granddaughter all, all day. So that was a neat combination, the <laughs> being worn out. And a seven-year-old granddaughter that... That, that that wants to play Ronda Rousey or whatever. <laughs> you know. But we had a good time. But uh, Sunday, same way. You know, I thought, okay, I'll give it one more day and uh, forget it. It was over before it ever got started. So today we're back to the old medicine. I'm not... I, I'm, I'm not... Uh, I can't afford to be down. You know what I mean? I mean... A lot of people are that way. Uh, what else? What else? Oh, yeah, the uh, doctor's appointment. I had that Friday morning. And they uh, they call, called me uh, a couple of months ago to set it up. And wanted me to come in, and my doctor is inside the hospital complex. And I'm like, you're, you're nuts. I'm not walking into that hospital. You know, you guys are warning and telling everybody to stay away, not letting visitors in or whatever, you know, like it has been. And 
thought, no, they said, that's fine. We'll get you covered, Mike. We will do a video appointment. And it wouldn't surprise me if they charged me more. <laughs> we'll see. But anyway, all's good. All's good. All right. We are already five minutes into this or almost five minutes into it. And <clears throat> really haven't talked about anything, have we? <clears throat> okay. Studio line. If you've been interested in calling us for whatever reason, you got a question, comment, you want to leave a message, you can do that. 479-668-0213. Check out our website, FreightBrokerTV.com. We've got some uh, interesting news coming up about the uh, FBTV, well, FreightBrokerTV.com and uh, the FBTV Insider. More for the FBTV Insider than the uh, FreightBrokerTV.com website. But anyway, let's see. What else? Follow us on Twitter. Well, why you can, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen one day to the next. It seems like all the social media outlets have all gone nuts. You know, I watch a lot of YouTube videos as well. Same thing happening there. No one knows if they're going to have a channel next week or tomorrow or this afternoon. Speech is being suppressed <laughs> by uh, big tech. And uh, I mean, some of it, yeah, I get it. Some of it I do. I mean, it's just stupid talk out there a lot of times. <clears throat> Other parts of it, I don't. I don't get it at all. But anyway, right now we're on Twitter. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter, at Freight TV. And uh, YouTube channel, obviously, we haven't posted a YouTube video in a while. Well, since uh, right before Christmas. And the reason for that is simply because uh, coming back after the first of the year, I may have mentioned this last week, I, I felt puny. And uh, apparently it was... I guess allergies. I don't know what it was. But anyway, we're feeling better now. We we got everything uh, set up in the studio to start recording again. So we'll be doing that. Uh, expect a new video out maybe today, but this week for sure. All right, FreightBrokerTV.com. We've got some catching up to do there. Insider, be looking for a new video as well. That's going to be coming up before too long uh, this week. And again, same reason for not seeing anything on YouTube. Now, we'll tell you this. On the uh, videos this week, for the insider insider content, we are going to be talking about equipment types. A dry van, flatbed, refrigerated. And a lot of other different types of equipment as well. Or We're going to begin the conversation about the different equipment types. What goes on what, why. And a lot of other things we're going to be talking about in the Insider. So if you are an Insider already, we'll be looking for those videos to start popping up. If not, well, you can register for the FBTV Insider at no charge. It's free to register. You're going to have access to all of the basic content, which uh, for the most part includes all of our public content. But if you want access to the Insider content, like the equipment types we're going to be talking about this week, yeah, you got to register. Well, you you got to uh, get a subscription. It's free to register, but if you want access to the insider content, you have to register. And it's real easy to do that. Real inexpensive, two ninety nine a month or twenty four ninety five a year. So whatever you want to do, your preference there. Okay, diesel prices last week went up and probably going to be going up again. I think we are. I think fuel has finally made it back to normal 
<laughs> yeah, diesel shot up again. Two cents this past week, last week. Two sixty nine a gallon. Uh, gasoline up nearly six cents per gallon. Kind of scary. You know, with spring just around the corner and vacation season, it, it makes you wonder what the fuel price is going to be like when we get to that point. Because you, you know uh, what Memorial Day will be May. And I'm sure by then, gas. I wouldn't be surprised if gasoline by Memorial Day was up to 250 And then uh, you get right there at Memorial Day, it shoots up another 10 cents or so. Uh, I would not be surprised about that. But we will see. that That's coming up. Uh, what's causing the uh, fuel to go up? Well, if you listen to the sources that be, demand. The demand. Personally, I've, I, I think the oil companies know that, hey, we can get away with it now. We've had low prices long enough. Now we won't get the government on our backside. <laughs> you know, you, you never know. Uh, topic today, we're going to be talking about sub-agents here on the uh, program. If you're a freight broker agent, you are contracted to a freight brokerage as an agent. If you look at your contract, your contract with your broker agent states that you're responsible for your own help. Which means you can have sub-agents. Matter of fact, a lot of brokers actually have it set up in their system, their procedures, that uh, to allow sub-agents and set the sub-agent up into their system just like the agent but the agent has total control. But anyway, we'll be talking about that before we get done today, too. Well, as a... Uh, as as We ought to just make a... Uh, a uh, permanent <laughs> thing for recalls, <laughs> part of the program... Uh, it seems like every time we do a podcast, something's or somebody or something is getting recalled. Uh, this time, Freightliner trucks, 4,000 plus Freightliner trucks recalled for defective steer tires. Yeah, that's that's uh, that is uh, that's pretty major. Uh, Daimler Trucks North America has recalled 4,000 trucks due to a potential defect in their steer tires. All right, now here's the uh, here's the numbers. The recall encompasses 20 to 20 uh, 20 to 2022 Freightliner Cascadia sleeper trucks with Bridgestone R284, R268, or R283S Ecopia steer axle tires with a specific air dam. Now, if you don't know what the air dam is, well, you can Google it. It'll make a lot of sense to you. I had to. I never heard of it before. And I am in transportation, but it's been a while since I drove. And, well, we we uh, didn't have them, <laughs> at least to my understanding, uh, back in the day. But anyway, it basically, it goes under the bumper, you know, kind of a air thing. But anyway, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration recall. Uh, documents report that the steer tires may experience tread separation or blowouts while driving. I've had one steer tire blowout, and that was up in PA. And I want to say it's around Carlisle, maybe, somewhere in that area. Is that right? 
I'm not going to Google it, but I'm thinking it's Carlisle. I've got to Google it now. Where's Carlisle? I mean, this has been a long time ago. Where is Carlisle, Pennsylvania? Boobity, 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 boop. Yep, it was Carlisle. How about that? On uh, 81 up there. Okay, that makes total sense because I used to go up eight, up and down 81 all the time. But uh, one steer tire blowout, and it, it will scare you. And a steer tire blowout, if you've never had one, it can, <laughs> it can be catastrophic. I mean, anytime you get a, anytime you get a blowout, it's, it's no fun. But a steer tire, mm-mm. And just happened to have a bad steer tire. That's all it amounted to. I uh, pulled off the side of the road. Road assistance came out, put a new steer tire on. I was on my way. But a steer tire blowout will at the least wake you up. <laughs> Owners of the more than 4,000 affected trucks, you're going to be notified by Dombler Direct. Dealers will replace the affected tires free. So until then, <laughs> if you want to... Uh, Put a new steer tire on. It's out of your pocket. But anyway, the affected tires for free beginning March 13th. I still don't get this. You know you've got the problem yet. It's going to be March. And it's any time they got a recall like this. It's always a month and a half, two months away before they will do anything about it. Even though it's a steer tire. Got questions, you can call Dommler Customer Service, 800-547-0712, recall number FL872, NHTSA recall number 21V-007. If you need that number again, well, it's a podcast, just rewind, but I'll give it to you again, Uh, 800-547-0712. All right, what else? Uh, We were talking about uh, equipment types. You know, for all kinds of equipment, flatbed, refrigerated, uh, drive-in, pretty much every type of equipment is a derivative from those three basic types of equipment. Even when I'm doing uh, training sessions, we're talking about the different types of equipment, and the three basic types are drive-in, flatbed, and refrigerated. Now, there are a lot of other types of equipment. You, you've got uh, step deck, you got low boys, uh, you got curtain side, and those are all types of a the basic, okay, like uh, curtain side. That is a cross between a dry van and a flatbed. And it can be loaded from the back as well as the side because you got the curtain sides. Uh, you know, you get the covered wagons. There's another type of flatbed. It's just got uh, walls that uh, the driver can put up. And depending on how tall the walls are, it will depend on <laughs> if the customer will allow their drive-in freight to be put on those type of trailers or whatever is uh, shipped. I, uh, when I was doing flatbed, I, uh, whenever aluminum, scrap aluminum, always, they, they always wanted my, uh, walls, which I get it, you know. But we're going to be talking a lot more about equipment types uh, in the videos coming up this week on FBTV Insider. You know, I still feel the effect, I think, from that uh, BP medicine. I know what it is. Never mind. I know what's going on. I'm sitting here, why am I feeling kind of bleh? I'm not blue. I just, you know, 
I'm like, hey, man, everything's groovy. <laughs> what it amounts to, I, I'm sure it still has some of that BP medicine in my system. When I took my lower dose of BP medicine this morning, it's kind of got me... I bet I can take my blood pressure now. It'd be pretty good. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, okay, we're in 2021. Not quite out of January yet. And, you know, you, you hear this every week, every month. It's always coming from somebody. Somebody's spewing something about the future. This is what we predict. Well, <clears throat> today is no different. <laughs> Most freight analysts expect the recovery for 2021 that began in the latter half of 2020 to continue through the first half of 2021 and possibly last all year. FTR, <clears throat> their forecasting firm, they uh, predict contract and spot rates to increase by 10% this year. Similarly, data analysis leads Michigan State University Associate Professor of Logistics Jason Miller to say truckload contract prices in 2021 will rise by 8% as compared to uh, early 2020 levels. Despite favorable conditions for business growth, asset and non-asset transportation logistics providers are constrained by factors that include longer lead times for new truck orders, a shortage of qualified drivers, and increased competition for capacity in the spot market and contract lanes. Now, that's a pretty wide-open statement. What do they mean by that? Well, first of all, when they're talking about uh, lead times for new truck orders, unless you just go to the uh, <clears throat> dealer's lot and buy something off the dealer's lot that's already there, <clears throat> yeah, you're going to place your order. Now, when's that order going to come in? When's your truck going to be built? When's it going to be delivered? And if you're a fleet, it's not just truck. It's probably trucks. A lot of them. So how long before delivery? Well, that depends on those factors. How many trucks are in front of you to be built? Which is the longer lead times? So you could order a brand new truck now and I get it for six months, maybe. You know, I don't know what the lead time is right now, but they're expecting longer lead times. A shortage of qualified drivers, that's always been an issue. And it's worse now, I think, than it has been in the past because a lot of drivers said the heck with it. You know, going back to the ELDs, I know... Uh, this last time, my CDO came up for renewal, went in to get it renewed, and they wouldn't do it. They wanted me to have a birth certificate. I'm like, what? You know, I... <laughs> what? <laughs> and uh, I just said the heck with it. You know, I, I love driving, or I, you know, I love my CDL and things like that, but. The time before, I had to go take some type of course online before they'd renew it. For And I'm not against it. Uh, just State of Arkansas was making it mandatory for the uh, uh, human trafficking. You know, for truck drivers are out there. You know, they're, they're across the country all the time. They see things. I get it. I just wasn't real cool about the state of Arkansas saying, hey, you've got to do this to get your license. It's not like we didn't have to jump through enough hoops already to get a CDL, but now we're having to 
do other things. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I read an article here uh, this morning. And the driver's to be commended. He was a paramedic turned driver. And he was able to save somebody's life out there on the road, another driver's life. And, and that that's a great thing. But when they start hinting, and which this article was kind of hinting, and again, it's just the whoever wrote the article, they were hinting. There's nothing to back it up uh, governmental-wise or anything the FMCSA is trying to do, anything down the road. But there was a lot of hints toward drivers being required to get first aid training or paramedics way well, I took it EMT type stuff but uh, again I'm uh, not putting a lot of stock in that but the hint was there and then they uh, want you to have a birth, or a birth certificate to renew your license and I just thought man then the ELDs and everything like that a lot of drivers left a lot of drivers left the industry because it's kind of gotten stupid you know, I'm not against ELDs. That's fine if that's what you want to do. I, it's just not my cup of tea. A lot of drivers coming into the industry since the ELD, you know, that, that's the thing. The drivers that have come into the industry over the last couple of years that were brought in under the ELD, they, uh, it's all they know. That's all they know. I, I watch a lot of YouTube videos of uh, drivers, you know, them the trips and stuff like that. And, I tell you, some of that stuff they got in their cab, in plain sight now, we would have got a ticket for back in the day. All the different screens and monitors and this and that. But, qualified drivers, getting back to that, how do you get qualified drivers? Well, first of all, you, you make it a little bit easier. <laughs> <laughs> for somebody to be a driver. And I've seen that somewhat. Uh, what was it? FMCSA was talking about relaxing or allowing the uh, schools to administer the CD CDL test. And I'm like a lot of you. I'm not sure if that's a good idea or not, but it's there. But anyway, shortage of qualified drivers has always been an issue. Uh and anytime you read something about the trucking industry, it always comes up. Shortage of qualified drivers. And uh, to conclude this paragraph, it says, increased competition for capacity in the spot market. In other words, it sounds like they're saying there's a lot more brokers, which, yeah. And if you ever hear me talk about brokers, yeah, there are thousands of brokers coming into the industry daily, weekly, whatever. And just as many are going out. Because what separates a good broker from a fly-by-night broker is the good broker understands you don't start making money overnight. It takes time. You gotta you gotta build your business. You gotta build you gotta build uh, that customer following, that carrier following, those relationships. What once you start building that everything starts kind of falling into place. And once everything like that starts falling into place, now you can focus on what makes you money. So increase competition for capacity in the spot market and contract lanes. Okay, well, they're actually saying spot market is basically broker uh, contract lanes, going to be your trucking companies that have a direct contract with a uh, 
shipper or their customer. But spot market rate, too, there's a lot of trucking companies that do nothing but work with brokers all the time. They're not getting out there getting their own customers to build up their customer base. So they have a customer to work for, which why they don't do that is beyond me. They should. They should be doing that. And the reason they should be doing that is because anytime you're working with a broker, you're giving up money that was paid on that load for the convenience of working with a broker. Now, a broker, and if you've talked to me or uh, you've been one of my clients, you've heard me say this over and over again, a broker is the most misused tool in the transportation industry because so many Small trucking companies want to use a broker as a dispatcher. And don't get me going down that road again. <laughs> All right. Now, let's talk about subagents for a minute. We're going to close out today's uh, FBTV podcast talking about subagents. If you don't know what a subagent is, well, first of all, it's going to pertain to a freight broker operation. Let's start there. Now, As a freight broker agent, you're contracted directly to a freight brokerage company to work under their license. And part of that contracting, well, you actually signed a contract. Think of the contract as a freight broker agent, if you're in trucking, uh, as you know, pretty much similar to an owner-operator leasing onto a trucking company, and they have a lease agreement. Same thing with a broker agent. You're contracting on as an agent to work under that license for that freight broker. So you can work as a freight broker under their license. Any new customers you get, you have to send through them for approval. Trucks, same way. Any load you move has to go through them. They handle all the paperwork. They handle all the uh, monies. They do the invoicing. They they pay the truck. The, the agent is doing uh, basically everything the broker does except that administrative. But what about a sub-agent? Well, like I said, when we first started today... A sub-agent is one that is contracted to the agent. So the agent actually creates a sub-agent contract. And, uh, you know, when I'm dealing with clients, I always say, you know, make yours pretty much similar, if not identical, to your broker-agent contract. You just have to change the names out make it a little bit more generic, but that way, what that does, it sets up an independent contractor relationship between you and your sub-agent. Now, what do you pay a sub-agent? Well, a lot of, uh, the standard industry average for an agent is 60%. Matter of fact, I got that brought to my attention. You know, somebody said, hey, you change your packages uh, with Tautua. Why is the commission 50% now instead of 60 well, that, that, that was a good question, and that, that's the first time I've been asked that since the packages have been updated. But what it amounts to, uh, if you notice on our packages at Tautoa, each one of them has uh, a mentorship program where you can get into the mentorship program, you can begin your broker operation, and they have a period of three months or six months, depending on the package chosen. So that way it allows you to start working as a broker agent through us under a licensed freight broker. And the licensed freight brokers we use are our clients that we consult, our freight broker uh, companies that we consult. But it allows you to start your broker operation. That's what the mentorship program is for. So we can oversee everything you're doing, 
making sure you're crossing the T's, dotting the I's, here to answer questions, provide support, make recommendations, have conference calls if you need, whatever. That that's that's what we're here for. Okay, that's what the mentorship program is all about to help you begin. Otherwise, you're going to have to find a broker that's going to contract you without any experience in no book of business. And that's going to be very difficult. I'm not going to say impossible, just hard. This gives you the opportunity to start getting that experience and building a customer base. So at the end of the mentorship program, you can go out there and get a contract direct with a freight broker if that's your intention. And we're not going to you know, just throw you to the wolves. We've got training for that, uh, how to go about doing that properly. We've got resources for you to use to help you find a broker in which to contract the whole nine yards. But getting back to the commission part, we've lowered the commission to make it more... To provide more motivation for the client, okay, bottom line, to help them, okay, I'm in the mentorship program, yeah, I want to get out of the mentorship program, I'm going to be able to make more money, I'll be able to contract to rack the whole nine yards, it's a motivational tactic. And it's been it's been doing pretty good because people are not, but before, the way we had the uh, TMP set up, uh, people were nesting, bottom line. They would not leave the mentorship program, and I understand the mentorship program uh, Tato is a consulting firm. We're not a brokerage. So that that's why the commission dropped to help, you know, to, to motivate somebody. Hey, you know, I can make more money if I go out here and get a contract on my own. So let me get let, let me get the experience. Let me build my book of business and boom, I'm gone. And that's that's what the mentorship program was designed to be for. But anyway, neither nor there. Now, agents. In your contract, like I was saying earlier, with your broker, you, you, you can find it. It's going to be in your contract somewhere that you're responsible for your own employees or staff or whatever, which gives you the right to have subagents. So if you're pulling down a 60% contract, being contracted direct with your broker, you're probably going to pay your subagent 50%, 40%, whatever it might be. So anything that they make, it's going to come through you. It's going to go to your broker as your business. Your broker is going to pay your commission on whatever the net was. You will pay your agent, your subagent rather, whatever you agreed to pay them, or whatever is left over that goes into your bank account. See what I mean? Now, what is a benefit of having subagents? Well, it helps you to prospect. It helps you to grow. Especially if you are planning, if you're planning to open up your own freight brokerage, in the, you know, within the near future. And when I say near future, six months, year, two years, whatever, you can actually build a good agent base. So when you do get your own authority, you become your own freight brokerage company. Now you can take all these sub agents, turn them into direct agents. You've got your business set up. You're making money. You've got the experience. You've been through it all. You know, as an agent with sub-agents, you know how exactly how you want it set up. And you'll hit the ground running. And instead of making 10 or 20% override, now you're going to be making 40%. So if you've got an average agent out there, and they're doing $2,000 a week in net, and you're now paying them 40% after you become a broker... 
now that they are a direct agent, or you're paying them sixty percent rather, you're 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 uh, you're going to put forty percent of that commission into your bank account. So if they're doing two thousand dollars a week, you're paying them twelve hundred, but eight hundred's going into your bank account. Now if you got ten agents doing that, that's eight thousand dollars a week. See what I mean? And that's before you move a load. Now people always ask me, hey, I want to do that, you know, starting out. Well, you need to. You need to gain some experience, get some experience under your belt before you start putting on sub-agents. You need to know what you're doing before you put on sub-agents so you can actually coach and drive them and direct them and help them be successful as well. All right. Okay, we are a little bit over. So, again, if you're going to, uh, you know, if you want to uh, check out FBTV Insider, you can register for free, have access to all the public content. But if you want the insider content, and again, what we're going to be putting up there starting this week, we are going to be talking about equipment types, the difference between the different types of equipment, uh, what goes on what, how to prospect for that type of equipment, ins and outs somewhat of those types of equipment. Uh, that's going to be insider content. That's $2.99 a month or $24.95 a year, just your choice. But anyway, neither here nor there. Okay, we'll be back next Monday. At least that's the plan. So go have a good week. Unless, of course, you've made other plans. See you soon.